Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. We are going to do the Love is segment. Please, the phone number to call in is 215-634-8065. Um, we have so much to talk about and I'm, I'm just letting you know, going to be hot as usual. So gather your edges, right? And let's begin having honest conversations. Um, let me, uh, introduce Cherie as she's logging in so that we can get past that point. Um, as a mother, lover, and agent for change with a passion for showcasing the magic of black women and the beauty of black love, Cherie seeks to demystify the stereotype that black women can't have it all and do it with style, class, and grace. Now, listen, I, I, we're about to challenge that can't have it all thing because um, I'm going to share with all of you. Good morning, Fahim. Good morning. Good morning. Child, are you ready, Fahim? I am. I am. I'm ready. Okay. So let me share with you something someone sent me. She wrote this. I am going to try. Uh, wait, 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 wait. She wrote. Wait, wait, wait. I know you and Mr. Love and appreciate each other. I thought of you all after watching a Dr. Jen Claude Caudle video about being stood up on a matchmaking service date. It's hard in these streets. And so... Um, I asked her to say more. She says, I'm going to try and send you the video. Long story short, she's an attractive and accomplished woman trying to date. She hired a matchmaking service and was stood up. She posted about waiting in the restaurant for about 30 minutes because the daters don't have each other's contact information. And she has no idea why he didn't call the restaurant either. I thought of you and Mr. Because you all are so happily married and don't have to worry about dating. And then I had a conversation with uh, recently with Joanne Bell, who said to me, you don't realize just how good you and your husband have it. Like what you and your husband have is something we don't see that often in Philadelphia. Right. And she went on to share some stuff with me. I was like, ah, <laughs> so much going on out here. So why do you think we're having such a hard time? Morning, Shereen. Good morning, Word Family. It has been oh. a while. <laughs> <laughs> on vacation. <laughs> wait, wait. You're on vacation? Oh, oh, I know. I know. I know. And I, right, because I was, because uh, Tracy called to invite me to your birthday party. Happy birthday, sweetie. I would have <laughs> been there to surprise you, but I was on a plane flying back from Kauai. <laughs> so <laughs> just missed the whole pr private celebration. But I know he had flown in your daughters and everything. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> everybody and everybody kept it a secret. Well, of course we kept the secret. What do you think we were gonna call you and say your daughters are coming into town? Well, you know, I just you know, but I figured I figured it out. I figured it out. You know, when you're when you're still centered in yourself, and when you know people's actions and their movements, because my oldest daughter, who is clingy clingy, she did not FaceTime me in the morning, and I was like, she sent me a text talking about happy birthday, mommy, we love you. Oh, happy birthday on a text. <laughs> and so the whole day, I was like, well, I haven't heard from Julian. I haven't seen Julian's face. So mm -hmm. I was like, and then I couldn't get in touch with them because they were on the plane. I was plane, like, so right. See if, they, see if they were smart. What they would have done was paid for the thing on the plane so that they could keep talking to you <laughs> the whole time, right? So you wouldn't have been thrown off because they know their mama's smart. But happy birthday, honey. I'll spend some time with you shortly. You know, miss the vacation. All of that was going on. In your dress. I was like, where is mister? Anyway, let's get to the show. I'm sorry. Y'all, we have to catch up. 
<laughs> oh, Mister is still in sweatpants. He can't wear anything that you know can around his stomach right now. So um, that would have been an, interesting. So we're talking about women, uh, uh, people having a hard time. Black women in particular dating. This woman had uh, uh, got a matchmaking service right here in Philadelphia. They sent her to a restaurant right here in Philadelphia. Uh, the date didn't show up. She waited for thirty minutes. Um, they're just not showing up and it's been very difficult for them. And then, uh, Gail King was on a couple of last night talking about the fact that she was dating some dude for two months and then he asked to borrow $4,000 from her and she's having a hard time. And then Fahim was like, Andrea, there's something going on in this city. Tell us what you, you're experiencing Fahim as someone trying to date in this city of Philadelphia. All right. So my opinion will probably be uh, a little different because I'm not from Philadelphia. So I'm I'm looking at it through a different set of eyes. So from the male perspective, the issue I've had is, you know, when I when I get to, uh, you know, know a young lady and, we, and we're starting to talk, I always get hit with the same thing. They, you know, they ask me like, you know, like how many, you know, other girls are you talking to and things like that? And I, and I would always say like, well, I mean, really nobody. Like, you know, they'll ask me why I'm single. Like, you're a nice guy and educated stuff like that. Why are you single? And I'm just, I just say like, listen, I'm, I'm working. Like, I, I, I do, um, you know, I, I do the radio show. I have outside business. So, and then when I'm not doing that, I'm with my children. So part of it is just, I don't have a lot of free time to meet somebody. But also when I do meet people, because, you know, they're, they're you know, there's ladies that are interested. It's hard for me to get that connection with them. Because um, me being from the South, like I'm a Southern man to a T, born and raised in Texas. I lived in North Carolina, Tennessee and Georgia all before coming to uh, Philly. So I'm Southern to the bone. I have a hard time really making that connection with uh, and I don't want to just say Philadelphia woman, but just like Northeastern like city women in general, because there seems to be like this hardness to them. That I can't and, okay, and so so describe the hardness as you see. Fahim, I already know. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I don't, I don't think that's why this yeah. California girl came yeah, right here and snatched up on the best East Coasters living. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's, it's a secret, but uh, and, and I don't mean hard. I don't even mean hardness as far as like attitude, because I think that's something right. that you know you can see broadly right. everywhere. You know, you, you're going to have women that have attitude. It's it's just like a um. It's almost like they don't. I don't want to say it's like they don't want a man, but it's like they're, it's just this resistance. Like, you know, in the South, women tend to be very, very soft, very warm, very welcoming. And up here, it's like this, def this constant defense uh, mechanism that you have to try to break through. Like, okay, here's an example. There was a, a young lady that I was talking to, trying to get to know. She told me that she had like a hard day, you know, asked her how her day was. She was like, oh, it was, it was, it was rough. And, you know, just talking about how hard her day was. So me trying to flirt, of course, I was just like, well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry you had such a rough day. You know, it, it, it sounds like you could, you know, you could probably use like a nice foot rub or something. And, you know, I feel like that's something most women would take too, like, you know, offering to, you know, get a foot rub. Her response was, how are you going to tell me what I need? Ooh, and I was geez. just like, oh, okay, well, I guess you don't need a foot rub. Um, <laughs> but but that's kind of what And, and yeah. how, how could she have coached that differently that would have not, you know, would have made you respond differently to her? What could she have said differently? Because well, in my Jamaican, in my Jamaican head and mind, mm -hmm. I would say, "Wow, babe, thank you so much. A foot rub is not something that I can do right now, but yeah. thank you for thinking of me." You see the difference? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's something like that. Like you could say, you know, like, 
foot rubs aren't really my thing, but I appreciate the gesture or, or, you know, instead of that, you can do this. But just to be like, you know, how dare you offer to do something nice for me? Like, because you know, in general, that's what she was saying. Can I ask a question with regard to just in general across the board, okay. um, you being from the South, have you seen any shift or change from generationally in Southern women by chance? Just I'm just curious if the generation also impacts a little bit of how women respond, react to men and dating, or are you just not in the Southern dating scene? So you don't, you can't compare. I mean, I'm sure generation, uh, generationally definitely has a play in it because, you know, as society changes, we adapt. And, and that's, you know, to me, I think to the core, that's the reason why you might see some of this, uh, hardening from, are women. I think it's just kind of like a, a, um, a evolutionary thing over time. Like, cause th- this is where I say <laughs> men have to bear responsibility for our role in it because, you know, through different, through different reasoning, you have, you know, women who have had to take on the role of being, you know, basically like the, the, the man in a household because the man isn't present. You know, like whether whether you I know. I kind of blame that on social media. Yeah. I, I'd be curious to know how many men aren't present today versus mm. the seventies or the eighties or the nineties mm. or the two thousands. Yeah. I think I think social media has started this conversation. Mm. Um, I say often, I don't think people are in a room to, trying to figure out how to destroy black people, but I do think people are in a room trying to destroy, trying to trying to see how they can break our, our family units down. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of statistics around mm-hmm. black men being the most present and all types of things. Um, there's research that shows that a lot of statistical data is, t- is taken from, you know, uh, from a socioeconomic perspective, those in the lower class that give and inform us of who isn't there and who is there. And I would just be curious if it's the fact that we as a community, and I'm in white communities too, one, because of that was my professional, um, you know, I was very one of few black people, period, in my profession. And then two, my mother sent me to schools with predominantly, my mother sent me to PWI, so I have a lot of friends that are not black and they just don't have these conversations that we post on our pages about black people and black men and black women. And they they don't have those debates, at least in public. They may have some conversations privately, but they don't have them in public. And so I'm just curious if even social media has contributed to that because I don't think, I don't know. And, you know, it's my feeling, not a fact, but I don't think black men are less present today than they were genera- a few generations back, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're talking about the crack era and all that. But I think social media has started to make us have conversations about it more openly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, that, that's my no, you're that, But then I got a whole lot of thoughts about a whole lot of things when it comes yeah. to relationships. No, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. But but uh, but that's that's why I say it's it's like an evolutionary thing, because it starts from what happened in the past that brought us to today, which is why right. because that was so prevalent in the past. Uh, so you, you have that you have women that have to take on that role. And when you're doing that, you know, due to, you know, several reasons, you know, whether it being, you know, men having kids and just dipping off because they don't want the responsibility, uh, men doing something stupid and getting locked up. You know, it's like, you know, we, we've put women in situations to where they've had to do it on their own, be the man of the house. And when you do that, you know, time after time, you're going to naturally also on top of playing a role, you're going to kind of develop that, that mindset. And I think, 
you know, and, and, and then that passes down, you know, if, if that's how your your mother came up, you know, she's going to raise you that way. Like, this is the thing you need to do. You know, it's, it's, it's passed down. And then I think you end up in a situation where you have two people pretty much butting heads because you're trying to fill the same role. Yes. Yeah. I'm just- well, so a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Good morning again, everyone. I feel so good to be here because the week before we were filming a, a, a TV show and I was on and off. And then last week I missed you guys. So, um, so the, the piece for Gail is, is going viral, of course. Um, a while back, on our page, on our Instagram page, we did a kind of a dub on um, Michelle and, and Gail's conversation around Gail didn't want a nurse, to be a nurse or a purse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I talk about, you know, how much Tracy has had to nurse me. And Tracy's older than me. I'm younger than him. You know, he didn't. <laughs> um, but I've had a few procedures mm-hmm. in our marriage and he has had one. Um, and purse wise, I mean, for the most part, I do do and have done very, very well in our marriage. But as of July, I don't, you know, I don't work for a corporation anymore. And Tracy has come in. So, you know, this theory around we don't want to be nurses and purses in marriage is, is I can't even fathom that because there is going to be cycles in marriages where one person is sick and one person is well. And maybe one person has the money and one person don't. And that's marriage. And so if you don't want to be a nurse or a person, you don't want to be married. And, 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 and but, but here's the thing that frustrates the hell out of me, especially, hold on one second, Cherie, mm-hmm. especially if you are dating later on in life, you're 50 and you're 55 and you're 60. Yo, you're aging. So you, you walking into you a thing as a 50 something year old woman talking about, I don't want a nurse or a purse. Like you going to get sick too. The second thing is, and this is my interpretation. It is not fact. But if I remember correctly, Gail King had a very ugly divorce. I think she either found out her husband was cheating or he left her for someone or something like that. She had a very ugly divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, And her children were little, I think, if I remember correctly. And I don't know that Gail has ever healed from From that that. experience. I think Mm -hmm. her and Oprah... Oprah kind of lifted her up, so she started being more visible, you know, kind of as Oprah's friend, you know, they've always been friends, but but Oprah kind of kind of gave her some public play, maybe to kind of help her get through some of this stuff. Um, but I don't know that Gail ever healed from that, from that divorce. So to, when I hear Gail, and let me say this, I love y'all, and Oprah's my fellow Aquarius and all the things, but Gail speaks to me from a bitter place. Mm. So, talking about, you know, I would have to know so much context with regard to the man asking to borrow money and all that stuff. Um, because, and I, you know, I tried to be transparent. You know, early on in me and Tracy's relationship, there was a part, a business thing going on where he asked me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a business related thing. And I had no problem. Mm-hmm. None. Because we were dating, you know, pretty seriously at that time. It had been short, but still. And I had observed who he was. Mm-hmm. Like he had amazing character. Mm-hmm. There were there were there were there were influences, obviously, we were coming out. We were in COVID and the work that he did was heavily, you know, reliant on people coming and doing inspections and all kinds of stuff. But 
I really didn't think twice about it because he had already showed me the type of person he was. So I always knew even if me and Tracy were not going to be married, we were going to be very good friends. Like I, I, you know, I knew that from pretty early on, but you know, I uh, grew up, my mother was very religious. So she was very much the, you know, God is the head of the church, you know, in, in the man's head of the household. And then my parent, my mother is from Tyler, Texas. My parents are, you know, from Texas, they're first generation from enslaved people. So I grew up seeing very traditional, you know, roles for women and men. But I am from California. My mother was single raising me. So there was a certain independence that she had. So I think I got a really great balance. And I think my evolution was understanding that there were times when I was that completely, you know, putting my degrees out and all that stuff. And I think that had a lot to do with just not having the wisdom uh, and maybe in some ways the confidence to know that someone would love me for myself and, you know, kind of like throwing those other things out there to make sure. And I think a lot of it had to do too with me being a single parent pretty early on. So throwing those other things out there to make men to, to in my head, to think that men would appreciate those, those other things about me. Um, once I evolved, like you're talking about, I mean, we do evolve. I realized that, those things just really aren't important to the type of man that I want to have in my life, a provider, a protector, you know, those types of things. Cause right now, you know, it matters what kind of degree I have because I run our, our businesses, but it doesn't because I don't like, I don't work where I like tangibly, you know, bring money into our household. And so I, the type of man that I wanted, those things didn't matter. Um, but I do wonder you know, and, and I have these conversations with my girlfriends who are high earners, and we, we all are. At what point do you help your man out? I don't I don't get it. Like, what money do we make? Like, what's the money? Like, what do we, what's the money for if our if man not to work together as a unit? And we especially out? especially if you're married, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't I don't get it when you're seriously dating, and I, because we're having these conversations where women feel entitled to walk into relationships and have men ready to take care of them. That's fine and that's great. You know, but what are the intrinsic values that we're bringing to um a relationship to have a conversation about how we're building together? Yeah, but Sheree, and, we but Sheree, we have to be in a place where we actually think about the values. A mm-hmm. lot of times we walk into the relationship. Oh, he cute. He makes X amount of money. He drives this. He lives here. We don't yeah. think about the values of what we would bring into a relationship oftentimes until much, much later, which is why yeah. we keep saying, know thyself. Know oh, what it is that you're looking yeah. for. What is it that you want in a relationship? Fahim, um, I got a text that says that from my husband, he said, maybe you could have said, I'm sorry you had such a hard day. Is there anything I can do to help? That leaves it open ended. I love Mister. Mister, come on through. Come on through. Come on through. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've been with my little glam babies and some of my oldest one. She's learning all kinds of stuff, and so everything I would say to her I would dance, and she would shimmy her little. So everything I'm like, come on through. So anyway, I'm a glam babe. But what do you think about that, Fahim? I love that. Listen, I know one thing for sure. I'm not offering foot rubs again. No, that, that, those days are over. That's closed. Anybody who had a, had a possibility to get a foot rub is done now. She ruined it for all y'all. Ain't no more foot rubs. Foot rub business is over. No. It's, tra- it's, tra- it's trauma now. It's trauma now. No. Well, that's the word, the word you use, and we use it a lot. A couple things. One, I need to introduce you to a couple of young ladies that are doing some really great things in Philadelphia, and they're young, and they are doing it, but they seem to be 
open to relationships. So we got to figure out a way. Um, when word does the, well, the, I don't know if they're age appropriate for that event. Anyway, when word does the, the love event, maybe yes. mm-hmm. for that. But the other thing about Philadelphia women, and let me just say this, I love, 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 love Philadelphia and Philadelphia people and all the things. What I found when I got here was not so much a hardness or harshness, um, but to me, Philadelphia Philadelphians um, have had challenges. And though to me, those challenges have are, are, are evident in the way in which they engage. With each other, um, yeah. And it's not necessarily um, a bad thing. I don't see it as that at all. Um, I think some of it is a regional a regional thing. It's it's harder. It's 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 cold here. It's can be gray here. Um, it's manufacturing. It's you know things like that. So the some of the elements that bring out other aspects of who you are may not be across the board. I'm not saying it's across the board, but you know it's for some people. You know, depending on which neighborhood they come up in, you know what their parents did and all that. The flip side of that though is I've seen a finesse and a refinement of a whole another group of Philadelphians. So it's like I. Would, would venture to say don't don't cast a broad net over who Northeastern women are or who Philadelphians are or whatever because again my girlfriends are married and they're from Philadelphia I've also had exchanges with women who are from Philadelphia that I think what it is is that the filters that I think in the South and on the West Coast that we've learned and developed are filters to kind of like not necessarily be straightforward with people. I think East Coasters, Northeasterners, I think that filter is just different. And so it does feel different sometimes. I love it because I felt restraint in California. Like I couldn't say what I needed to say. And then and on the East Coast, I feel like I can always say what I need to say and no one's going to not be my friend or need to talk to me later about how I made them feel and things like that. So I do think that there are some differences in regions and in experiences that kind of um, cultivate and inform who we are. But I will tell you, my Philadelphia friends and, and a lot of my friends in California are married too. By lar- far and large, because also what's here is this is a migration path. And so you've got generations and generations and generations of families. Mm-hmm. And so, again, most of my friends from the East Coast are married. So, um, so, so we're going to, so we're going to, I'm going to challenge that a little bit because the yeah. conversations I'm having is they're married, but not in healthy relationships. And okay. that's been a huge issue for many of the sisters that are right here in Philadelphia. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not, this is not a conjecture on my end. This is me talking to them. Um, okay. I'm calling and saying, I've been in a marriage for 455 years. I hate my husband. My husband is out here cheating. I'm, I got a relationship on the side, but you know, we put up the facade that we're married and we're okay being married. Yes, I done stepped in it. You are listening to The Source on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media, on air and online at wordradio.com. I am Andrea Lawful Sanders. We will be back of more of the Love Is segment right after these messages. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Welcome back to the hot-stepping conversation. <laughs> WRT, progressive black talk media on air and online at wordradio.com. If you're just joining us, I am Andrea Lawful Sanders, your host. Mondays through Fridays from 5 to 7 a.m. We are talking about love, right? And what's happening in our relationships. And over the last few weeks, we have seen conversations 
conversations of black women in particular saying, you know, either the man's not showing up for the date or he's borrowing $4,000. Fahim is saying, you know, if she, if, if, if he's in the car and they, the, the, they're there to pump the gas, he gets out to pump the gas. Now, when I'm in the car with my husband, my fingers are broken. <laughs> ah, he gets out the car he pumps the gas he opens up my door he opens up he makes sure we're, we're walking down the side of the street i am on the inside all those things are felt like it's old school um and, and my my conversation is if we want warm and fuzzy and someone to cuddle up and love to us when do we open up ourselves and our spaces enough to give that kind of allow ourselves to feel that kind of thing because it is a lot out here. And we, we women, I'm hearing black women, women across the board. I'm, let me talk about black women because I'm black and I they call me. I ain't no white woman calling me talking about, you know, this is what's happening. Although I've had a few of those, not as much as I've had with black women, that they're in marriages, their husband are cheating ungodly. All sorts of crazy things are going on. Um, they are single. Uh, and doing very well in Philadelphia and the men are coming to them. I'm, you know, I'm married, but you know, let's get, let's have a little dalliance kind of thing. And they're finding themselves caught up and complicit in these dalliances because they're not finding anybody who wants to come and, and, and marry them and to talk to them and treat them like, but in order for you to, to, to receive, you have to open up to receive. So what is this? We, we Sheree and I always talk about doing the work doing the work. I was a single mother for a long time with my children. And when, when Mr. Sanders came along and started being chivalrous, you know, I had to talk to myself. Like the first time he said, listen, take my debit card. Don't, you know, take my debit card. It took me over a year to even touch the card, even though I had it in my wallet. He's like, I want to make sure that you're okay. I had to talk to myself and go, because the, the thing that came in my head was, I can do this. I can take care of myself. I had to go, no, 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 down Bessie, down Bessie. <laughs> Thank him, you know. Um, and, and, and as he watched me and realized that I was not ever going to use the card in any way that would cause an issue, I became a marriage material to him. People watch you, right? It's the softness. Where's where's our softness? Where's that piece of us that says, I'm going to open up? And yes, like all of you, I have had horrible relationships. I have, but I had to do my inner work, my healing work to realize that not all men are going to come back and do this, right? So I had to, to get myself together. Prince called on Monday and was like, well, no man's going to want to date a, a black woman in her 50s. Can we debunk that, please? What is happening here in these? I don't. I try to see at fifty. I don't. I don't understand that. I, I, there's so many men I talk to. My my girlfriend, uh, my other girlfriend, they got she got married in her. I think they're like late, late, late forties, like forty eight, forty nine. I mean, you know, and those are just people that are adjacent to me. People are, you know, men are ripe at that point. They have been married before they understand and they know what they want. And a lot of times they do not want someone young and incapable of, of helping them build. So I, I don't know that across the board that that is factual. I'd love to see some data that supports that. Um, because I think, again, that is a narrative that has been strong, thrown out in these social media streets. In black communities where it pits black women and black men against each other. Yeah. So then our communities stay disconnected. And I just don't know. I don't know that I believe that. I see too many people. And again, you know, I, before my world was a certain, a, a certain, I guess, access. But now I, I see we, thousands of people in the restaurant weekly. Like, I, I don't see that. I don't see that. Mm -hmm. I, I can't say that I've ever seen on a date night or a family that came in where I was like, is that the grandfather or the daughter? Like, I've never, I don't, I don't believe that 
on a mass level in this city that that is the case. Um, You know, let me say this too. So when we talk about like Philadelphians, I, I, you know, again, they're that, 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 Pathway. So, you know, their first generations were enslaved people. You know, there's still kind of a, and this is a hardworking city. And, you know, I, I think not only black people, it's like, that's why Philadelphia has a reputation of this sports fan and it's them against everybody and they don't care what people think and all that. So I think that there is a, a, um, a toughness, if you will, about the city, period. Um, and I don't think that that is specific to black women. So I think, again, we get this. We get this um, trope of who we are as Black women when I think that that is a... Oh, Cherie, you just, you froze. You froze, Cherie. I'm not sure what happened to you there. Oh, she froze. Lord have mercy. She froze. Technology in these Wakanda streets, Cherie froze. Um, you know, we, we have to talk about it because women are calling me and, and saying it's very, very difficult out here. Um, uh, Fahim, you know, you're, are you, are you having an, is you're having, you're, you're in these dating streets right now, right? You heard the conversation as we're having it. What are your, th- what are your thoughts? Um, well, I, I do think as, as far as what, uh, Sherry was talking about with like, you know, you have, uh, you know, uh, married people or even single people who they just want to have fun. They don't want to like do anything serious. I think that's just the culture right now. Yeah. Um, right. cause it, it's, it's, uh, very, um, it's very advertised to be single right now. Like that's kind of like mm-hmm. the hot thing, being single, living your life. You know, you listen to mostly music, the music's talking about being single, going out there and partying. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just like a, um, a, a, a cultural thing. And yeah. And, and it's just, uh, you know, we talked about it during the break. It's, it's just a, allowing somebody, allowing somebody to love you essentially yeah you know and 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 that's that's what we have a hard i don't know if it's like a trust thing like people have like it is uh, trust issues but because that's all it is like especially for men because men we're very much like acts of service as far as expressing our love you know like we we like to do things for you you know not always financial just sometimes you know like you came back from the store let me get the bags out there you know it's just like little things like that you know that we that we enjoy doing like you know i've had you know like i said so many situations where just simple things were met with resistance. You know, I, I mm-hmm. offer to take your trash. I can do it myself. I offer to pump you. I can pump my own gas. Like it's like this thing where you don't want somebody mm-hmm. to to do for you. And it's like I understand the independence. I know you can do it, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. You know, and, right. and that's that's just so kinda, so so so. You know. Here's the the thought that I have, sisters. If you're listening to me, pick up the phone and call and tell us what that is about. Tell us why you don't allow the men to pump your gas or to take out your trash or to love on you. Um, tell us what that looks like for you, because th- we're, we're literally having a conversation about you and we're doing it because you have been calling me. You have been beating my phone down. We have been sitting, having conversations. You are talking about it. The other things that our sisters are talking about uh, and, 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 and men hold on to your hats. They're saying that they're getting into these relationships with with black men and in their 40s and 50s erectile dysfunction, nothing there. Late 30s, early 40s, early 50s. And they have to work so hard to even get them to a place where they want to do something and then flat line, right? And so so they said these men then turn and like, you know, oh my God, I don't, you know, I can't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get into anything with you kind of thing. So there's something happening here. There's a crisscrossing of uh, communication. So if I get into a relationship with you and you say, listen, you know, I'm, I'm having a problem. 
um, you know, at some having an erection is a problem for me. Then as a sister, if you really care about the brother, you say, all right, well, let's go to the doctor and have a conversation. We don't even get there. It's all about bam, bam, wham, wham. Thank you, ma'am. And everybody's crossing each other. And nobody's having these conversations because at some point, if you, if you're in a relationship long enough, by the time the man get into his late fifties, early sixties, you're going to experience erectile dysfunction the same way we experience menopause. We can talk about menopause openly, but we chastise a brother and make him feel bad if he has erectile dysfunction, which is a natural part of what happens out here, right? So they're taking the blue pill, the yellow pill, the whatever it's pill. But it, but, it, but, it shouldn't, but it shouldn't just be about the sex, the sex, right? It should not be about the intercourse. It really should be about developing a relationship where you, so, you love each other enough where it, the intimacy is not always about that. Right. And if the men would get that and have the conversations and then choose carefully who they date, you know, at same thing with the women, like it can't always be about, you know, groping and, and all that other stuff. When does a relationship turn into having the communication that makes you want to talk to one another to talk about how bad your day was or how good your day was, or I'm looking to get this promotion. Y'all don't talk about these things. Like what are we talking about in these streets? Don't make no sense to me. And Fahim, you said somebody was on the line, Viola. Hey, Viola, good morning, my sister. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. The question, morning, the question we have was, what is Fahim. happening in the streets today, word, Viola? Good morning. The question today is, what is happening with our women and our men that they're not having the conversation and they're passing each other like ships in the night? I really can't say a lot about that. Where I am... You pick up a person from a nursing home rehab, ride them around all day long. I know the situation. Very nice person. Eight o'clock in the evening, you hand me $20 and I say, what is this for? Oh, for your tank. I gave it back to him. I gave it back to him. Why? Because I felt as though that he didn't show appreciation for what I did all day. He had a, two stents put in. He was flown from Delaware to Philadelphia Hospital. Emergency surgery. Um, came out flying colors. And I visited, you know, because he's a nice person. Okay, but Viola, you took away. Let me, from a woman's point of view, let me let me give you this, Viola. You right. took away the little bit that he was trying to offer in return, which was to give you some gas for your tank. Even if you don't use it for the gas for your tank, say thank you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that I'm, happens curious, well, I'm curious as to why thank you just wasn't the, was not the, um, it almost, like, you know, I love you, Viola, but it almost <laughs> like you were mad that he gave you. I took it as an insult. But why did you take it as an insult? It was what he could do, and he was trying not to just take complete advantage of you. Well, I guess you would have to know who he is and what he has stood for in the past. Yeah, but you you (laughs) offered to help him. You offered to go get him and to help him and all those other things, Viola. He didn't have another choice because his brother couldn't get him. But, but still, it does not matter. And so I, since you did, since you did, since you did, because the other part is if you know who he is and you felt insulted that he would give you $20, then maybe I, you shouldn't have been doing that because you don't want to do anything where you feel any way other than 
appreciated and all those things. So if you did feel like that one, one, I want you to think about why you did it in the first place. Yes. Martyrs. We don't have to do everything because yep. we're, you are not someone's last resort. They're all. Yes. You could have said no, Viola. <laughs> so that's the first thing. The second thing is I still want to hear why you couldn't just say thank you. If you had done something for me, I may offer you something, period. I think that's, that's what people do. And then third, what, what is, what triggered, what's triggering you? Um, and so those aren't questions that you have to answer here, but I would ask you to answer those questions in alone and private because therein lies on a very micro level, what Fahim is talking about as far as men and women engaging with each other. Yeah. A man is something that he feels naturally inclined to do. And the woman is almost cutting his head off. And so then they get confused as to what and how they engage. Right, right. Hold on one second. Hold on, Viola. Hold on. Season singles, listen up. Since we're in here having this whole conversation, Word Radio has a sophisticated and fun event for singles ages 40 and up. Mark your calendars for Tuesday, February 13th from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. for the Love and Life Connection hosted by Carol Riddick and Dr. Marquita Williams at Bayou Lounge in West Philly. I think I'm going to come to this thing. I might bring Mr. Mitt with yes, me. Yes, come, come. I really do think we need to come and have this conversation. Yeah, it'll be good. Yes. 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 This event will feature fun activities where you can meet new people and possibly make a love connection. To attend this event, you must register on our website, wordradio.com. Space is limited. Registration is free. The evening will also feature a live word version of the dating game and winners of the dating game will enjoy a gift certificate to a show at City Winery. And they're going to cover your dinner, uh, not City Winery, but I think word is covering your dinner uh, for whoever wins the game. We're looking for a few more bachelors. And this is why we're having this conversation, right? Who would love to participate? If you are a single man, age 40 to 55, able to participate in person and willing to go on a diggity dang date with a bachelorette, then complete the entry form on wordradio.com. And the deadline to apply is tomorrow, y'all. Mark your calendars for the Love and Life Connection event for singles ages 40 and up Tuesday, February 13th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Bayou Lounge, which is also owned by Booker's Restaurant, uh, 5025 Baltimore Avenue. So... We'll be right back. You are, hold on one second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You are listening to The Source on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media, on air and online at wordradio.com. I am Andrea Lawful Sanders, who will be back with Cherie Syfax, Fahim Gori, and Miss Viola for the final segment of The Source today, right after these messages. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Woo, child. Welcome back to the final segment of The Source today on WURD. You know, we need to do, Fahim, we need to do re- recording of some of the outtakes when we're in commercial break because the conversation there is hot, too. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh- <laughs> If you were just joining us, I am Andrea Lawful Sanders, your host on Mondays through Fridays from 5 to 7 a.m. Um, we do this segment. This is our second full year of doing the Love is segment. And we started this because black men were reaching out to me on the streets 
uh, some of them well known, like, yo, we love that conversation you have about your husband. Can you please bring that on on a more regular basis? And only to find out in these Wakanda and Philly streets, y'all are out here dalliancing and ain't nobody taking nobody seriously. You got a whole wife and 455 children, but you got four girlfriends too, right? So let's talk about these things and why women are feeling the way that they do. Viola, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here and I'm oh, but- laughing. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I had such a good husband that allowed yes. me to do almost anything and everything. And I had my boundaries, but um, yes. I think I'm too seasoned. I'm a Philadelphia yes. born girl. And yes. my husband was from West Virginia. And yes. he asked me to be steady when I first met him. And I looked, I said, he must be crazy, you yeah. know, but 44 years later, there I was. So, so, so Viola, my husband says, was there a dollar value that would have made you feel differently if he had offered it to you? Um, Let's say if he had offered you a hundred dollars versus $20, would that 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 made you feel different? Yes. And you know why? Because I know that he could have well afforded when I gave him back the 20 and he said something, he said, well, I got to get change. And I said to myself, change for what? You don't see this. This is a long story. I'd have to sit across the table with you. But but let me. Let, I'm gonna say this though, Viola. Go ahead. And it probably is a long story. But anyone who you believe engages with you and doesn't show you your value, or anyone who you feel like you have to feel any other kind of way other than honored and valued, don't you. That it is not healthy to engage with them on a regular basis. Okay. It really isn't because you 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 harden yourself because you are bringing and letting and allowing someone's energy to impact you. Period. If you can't do something for someone so independent of anything else, but I just want to do this and it makes me feel good to do this, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. And I and don't you do not have to don't do it. I'm serious about that because all that does is adds a layer to you unnecessarily yes. that yes. You don't necessarily need. I think, yeah, I think it would have been better if he had said, "Well, stop at the gas station and let me get you some gas." That might have made me look at it differently. Well, but, but did I you think, have that think, conversation with him, or was that the conversation you had in some, your head, Viola? Some, somewhat, yes. I think mm-hmm. um, he kept asking me, is there anything you need? Um, you know, and we were such, <laughs> first off, we, he was living on oxygen and I, and I had to go get a tank from somewhere and bring back to the facility because they wouldn't allow him to take a tank with him. And I tell you, he wanted to go out looking like Usher and he went in there looking like Popeye. Um, <laughs> but it's a, it's a very long, complicated story. And I think okay. where I am, uh, 76 years old, I don't have time to play games. So that's why I think I just okay. travel by myself. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Miss Viola. I appreciate your calling because we're going to have to take the, get off the air soon. Fahim, you just heard all of that. From a male perspective, what did you think? Well, to me, that seems like a very individual situation. It just sounds like she's holding on to a toxic relationship that she needs to let go of and and it's causing her to uh you know it, it's it's causing her to change her personality due to the actions of an individual person mm-hmm. and you're gonna carry that like that that strong you know that strong emotion that she has and that as we say hardness that she has she's gonna 
carry that to the next man because that like to us that's like a he's 76 Miss Viola ain't right. trying to date no more but you know I, my friend Marietta Tanner got married again at the age of 93 she was looking like a fried chicken honey and she's still out here doing her thing and that was years ago so it can be done we just have to open up our hearts to see what's happening out here seriously am I am I crazy no <laughs> no so what is it going to take? I mean, WRD is having this this whole love connection thing next week, uh, the 13th, uh, uh, the buying lounge. I'm, 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 I'm hoping that Mr. feels well enough for me to, you know, for us to come on out there, put his mask on, et cetera. But we need to come and see what's happening because even in the way that I, you know, I see us in on the street, blah, 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 cussing in the, in the phone and carrying on, there has to be a way for us to pull ourselves together and to do that inner work. I really do think aside from doing a love connection, we need to do conversations with women by themselves about what is it that they need men by themselves about what is it that they want and then uh, compiling those lists and then pulling them together and say, this is what you're saying. This is what you're saying. Let's talk about it. Because I don't think the intentions are negative. I just think what we intend versus what the impact is can be different. I also think we don't always give each other the grace and space to say, hey, I know you've been impacted by this. Hey, this is how I'm receiving what you're doing. Yes. Tracy and I try to be there that night. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. To talk to y'all. I'm going to pull y'all to the side and be like, look at here now. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be there. Tracy and I are going to try it. Tracy's going to try to be there as well because. Yeah, I mean, we are an example of finding love at a later time of our life and and how we had to, you know, evolve to get there. How do you engage with people? How does a man who wants to provide and protect you um, approach you and navigate um, if you are um, what you would consider a successful, independent, you know, type woman? What kind of, what energy does that success and independence give off um, to men and, and how inviting or uninviting are you just by that presence. Some of it has to do with protecting, protecting yourself, protecting your heart, but you have to know that that's what you're doing. Some of it has to do with lack of trust, but once you know yourself and trust yourself to make right decisions, then you can trust others. So there's so many layers to the conversation that I don't think that we're having um, enough of. Yeah. And and here's the thing. Here's the thing, y'all. Let me be very clear with all of you because you all have been on here in my business for the last four years that I've allowed you in too. If you can't get into a relationship and have those kinds of conversations and disagreement by communicating properly, what the hell are you going to do if you get married? Which is why so many marriages are dead on arrival. So many yeah. marriages, people are just, you know, they're just married in name only and the man gone one way, the woman gone the other way. You have to be able to have those difficult conversations because somebody's going to get sick. Somebody's going to lose their job. Somebody, come on, let's talk about it. And, 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 and we are in this notion that relationships have to be perfect and pie in the sky. And when we can't even get past the simplest of tasks, like <laughs> having a conversation around, I'm tired today. Let's figure this out. How else can I help you? And you don't need to take out my trash. You don't need to trip up my gas. Why the hell are you opening up my door? When did that become a thing? Yes. When did it become that? And then we want a man to do everything we want them to do, but we're not accepting of the things that he wants to do for us, right? Mm -hmm. 
So, and then the men, you know, some of y'all that just listen, you just, glory. some of y'all are just old fools, right? Yeah, I'm saying it. I can say it. Um, some of you have been playboy since the time you came out of your mother's womb. Somebody told you in high school, you were a cute jock. You're 59 and a half years old and you're still playing the damn fool out here. Some, at some point you have to grow the hell up and say, I'm going to settle. And then you want to wait until your penis is falling off. You got diabetes, everything wrong with you, and now you're trying to find somebody to settle down with. There's a few of you out there like that too. Let's have that conversation if we're gonna go there, right? So let's let 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 <laughs> let's be honest about the thing. We got to be able to separate the playboys from the ones who really want to have the relationship but don't know how to fully communicate with us because we so damn mad about the playboys that when the real man comes along, we're like, oh, we don't, I don't need you to pump my gas. I don't but- want you to do nothing for me. And we've given all the time to the Playboys knowing knowing that early on that they were a Playboy and we still gave them all the time. So now with someone who's real comes along, we all bitter and broke down. Yeah, make it make sense. (laughs) And so, yes, Mr. and I going to be there. We got to come. (laughs) There has to be a conversation about what real looks like. Right. Well, and being yeah. and, and doing your work and being able to open up your heart and say, you know what? I have to I have to. This is what I was dealing with. You cannot vomit on each other about the stuff that happened in the past. If you don't do your work in the past, you're going to bring that ish in the future. Right. Bag lady, bag man. So until we do that, then we're always going to feel broken and distanced and confused about the things that are going on. And we will tear each other apart for no diggity dang reason other than because we can't. You yeah. want to know what a good relationship looks like? Let's, Cherie, see if you can get Tracy to come. Let me, you, Tracy, and Mr. stand up in there and say, this is what we, this is the issue we've been dealing with. You hear me talking about prostate cancer and everything else? This is some, this is some serious, serious work. My husband almost died. Who, how many of you would have stayed around if your husband almost died or if I, if, or if the wife almost died? So many times we're like, I'm not, I didn't sign up for this. You didn't sign up for what? <laughs> for aging and growing? Listen, we're going to do part two next week. Come in. <laughs> Next is Wake Up With Word with Solomon Jones. I am Andrea Lovell. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.